You're listening to Power in Practice, practical talk for living in a structured lifestyle. Hi, and welcome to Episode 16 of Power in Practice. It's been a while since we've written or put up a new episode, and we want to thank you for your patience with us. It took us a little while to process the loss of one of our main contributors, Flag. But with this episode, you'll get to hear a little bit about that and what's been going on since. We have quite a few recordings that we will be bringing to you in the future and plan to get back onto a more regular schedule for the podcast. For any new listeners, and just as a reminder to long-time listeners, Power and Practice is generally recorded live and raw. This podcast is more of a fly-on-the-wall type rather than a scripted or planned-out topic, unless we have recorded a seminar or class. This means that there are background noises and tend to have a homey sound rather than an in-the-studio broadcast sound. We like to think that the honesty of the moment and the content make up for it. So let's get into our podcast with Ken and Daddy David as they talk about getting back into doing power and practice, joined later on by Kamiko and Harley to give a frank discussion about Flag and what he might have intended for our family in his absence. Feel free to take a second at the end of this podcast to leave a comment on the site, write us an email, or call into our voicemail, all of which can be found at http colon slash slash www.powerninpractice.com. So, as, as you guys know from, if you read the blog, the last blog entry that went up was last year, and it, it gave the, you know, just the notification that flag had passed, and that we were going to be back, and we were going to continue doing power and practice, and that's really our intention. So, you know, we're going to... Um, this episode is going to deal somewhat with, you know, the aftermath of, of all that. Not necessarily because we think the audience is, is overwhelmingly interested in our internal drama, but I think we, we've gotten a lot of questions, and we've gotten a lot of questions before the event because Flag was was not, you know, was, was in and out of the hospital before that. People had sort of asked how illness affected power dynamics and then even along before that when we were putting together the estate and sort of talking about these types of relationships the topic came up um, on you know what happens in the wake of catastrophic events obviously you know it's a horrible thing to have an example of our own lives to to work from but you know it happened and we can't change it so I think Taking the opportunity to use this um, as an educational event is is not the worst thing we can do. Does that seem reasonable? It's it's a huge loss on so many different levels. I mean, my association with Flag spans a decade, and of all the different things that each and every one of us are involved in, there was a great deal of overlap in in many different projects and. Just, you know, not having him around anymore is profound. It's a profound loss uh, on many levels, personally. And I know Soul Hunter has an even longer association with Flag. And maybe you want to talk about the, the personal impact that it's had on you. Um, no, I don't, I don't actually, as I'm, as I'm thinking about it, I don't necessarily know that and I don't want to go too too heavily into that stuff um, in this venue, 
Okay. I think I think I'm going to talk about it from um, within the context of of this of the power dynamic stuff. I put up a you know a, a moderately long blog piece on the personal impact, and, and I think that probably that probably covers it. I don't I don't necessarily want to rehash it. But on the flip side, I, I think as we dis- as we go into the conversation, I think there's no way to not discuss um, you know some of that stuff. I think I probably knew him for. 14, 15 years, Jen? Mm, 13 or 14. Yeah, 13 or, or 14 years, so a little bit longer than, than you did. Um, and hopefully in, in a future episode, um, we're going to try and get our hands on uh, Cersei and see what, um, you know, see if she has, has anything to, to add on that as well. Sure, that's fine. I, I For me, I wanted to start off by saying that because one I didn't I didn't really write or get into on a public uh, level what the loss meant to me personally. I don't have a lot of detail to to flesh out about that, but I I just wanted to acknowledge that here because for me that's that's the first ring of concentric rings where where the impact is and then just kind of ripples out from that. So from Go, moving on to from the personal loss aspect, there's there's also, you know, we've had we had a really good thing going on where we had this you know combined resource of of minds and experiences, and with that we all have a, a slightly different angle of approach to any given situation, problem, or solution. Right. And I I found that. Flag always had an aspect that I may not have ever considered in in any given scenario. So while we could be sitting there in a room hashing out any sort of subject with his own dark humor and and his ability to see through to the core of what was actually happening with like laser accuracy, we would just like come up with something. And it would just make sense. I'd go, oh, yes, that is what it's about. I mean, if you just strip it down to its basics, that's what it's about. And that was just an amazing gift that he had. And I really enjoyed that. I, I, I miss it hugely. But you know, that was part of the many conversations that we had. That was like one of the major contributions right. that, that he would throw in because he had that ability to see. Well, I was, I, I was always surprised when I would talk to him about you know, after we had recorded a power and practice episode, or after we'd gone to a class, or after we'd had a random conversation, you know, with him, and he would speak in in much the same tones about, you know, that that the beauty of having those conversations with the group of people we have going, that you know he he would always find some aspect of it that he hadn't expected. So, you know, as I, I always found it surprising that the person who I could most directly attribute what, looking back on it, I'd go nine out of ten simplification insights in any given conversation I would attribute to to having come from him, mm-hmm. that I was always somewhat surprised when, in the wake of those conversations, he'd be like, you know, one of the things I love about having these conversations is I always hear something I hadn't thought about. And I'm like, really? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll, we'll take the credit, but 
dude, I don't, I, I, I think we're getting the better end of the deal, you know? Yeah, and, and I think you're, you're right when you talk about overlap. It is impossible. You know, I guess when, when I talk about the, the, the personal impact, I'm, I'm thinking like one concentric ring in from maybe what, what you were talking about. You know, like I'm, my, my ring system, you know, I'm just pulling that in so tightly and I'm going, you know, no, that, that ring I'm not really going to talk about. But, but from just that one step out, yeah, I think um, there's, there's really no way to separate the projects from the relationship. You know, it, it, the power practice is an extension of, you know, discussions we have all the time. So we can go, we're going to talk about its impact on power and practice. But what we're really talking about is its impact on all the resources I have to figure out what all this is about. You know, like it, it impacts every conversation and every, every, every way we go. You know, the same thing with the estate. It's, it's got a huge impact on the estate, but the estate's also, in theory, you know, it's, it's the, the lens through which I'm, I'm measuring success for a lot of things I'm doing. You know, so that impact winds up being deeply, deeply personal as well. Right. It's crazy stuff. Um, I think you live in each other's back pockets for so long that... And, and it's really kind of a, a cool thing that, that projects like Power and Practice are basically these small lenses that we've chosen to to construct to be able to open up and share some of the conversations that we do have as just you know our normal process and and opening that up to people who might be curious or might have an interest in listening to them and perhaps learning something but you know a lot of it, it's just it's just capturing these little snippets of something that is ongoing and, and had been ongoing with every time that we'd get together, talk about something, talk about anything. If we always had a mic with us, we could practically capture, you know, volumes and volumes of stuff. Right. And and put it together. So I I think one of the obvious if we're gonna talk about impacts, one of the obvious um, pieces of evidence of how it's impacted us is, you know, five months of silence of power and practice that, you know, we just had to find and make an effort to come together and and bring the mics out again. Because the conversations have, have happened since, you know, Soul Hunter and I are talking about light stuff and heavy stuff all the time. We just haven't really been in that mindset to say, okay, we're going to encapsulate this. We're going to, you know, put this together. Well, you know, it up in, and in a broader way, it's so easy to hide, or, or was so easy to hide behind the excuse of flag celebrity. You know, it's it was very easy for me to go power and practice is me giving an opportunity for Flags fans to hear Flags opinion on Flags stuff and we're going to have a conversation about that. So in, a, in an odd way to, to be putting out a recording without in the back of my mind going, well at least Flags fans are going to download it. It's 
you feel a little exposed, or I feel a little exposed, going, oh, yeah, listen to just us. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, like, does that... Yeah. You know, and, and it's, because it's easy to go into a room when, you know, when you're following, you know, the big show around. Right. Um, you know, and be like, hey, we're here. You know, we're special, you know. Um, but when without it, you kind of, you're like, well, uh-oh. <laughs> you know. It could, it could all turn out to be nothing. You know, it could yeah. be a fizzle. You know, I, I, I think we've had, um, since since back in October that, that you and I have had some really good conversations about stuff that matters to us, stuff that um, Flag would have cheerfully jumped in to the fray with us and, and you know, added his own point of view. Um, I, I think there was also a, a mechanism involved in, and, and this sort of brings it back to to pack function, pack um, dynamics, that we would go over to Flag's house with the mics, and if he was feeling strong, if he was, you know, if his mood was good, if he was, you know, clear enough, if we could brighten up that part of his day or week for, you know, just hanging out and talking about stuff, that maybe we could catch something with the mics and and and. A lot of that was was a function of of rallying around, helping our friend through some some rough patches, um, and and you know kind of getting all of us cranked up and and hooked in and and feeling this continuity. Well, and I think that's you know and and as you were talking, I was thinking about it. You know, if people think, okay. I don't know what people think, but I know what... I listen to a lot of podcasts, and there's a lot of people doing podcasts who are like, you know, we do this for you, the audience. And it's like, you know, fuck that noise. (laughs) Power and practice was worth doing whether the recordings ever went anywhere. Right. You know, and that we could speak to an audience, that Flag could continue to have an audience, which he dearly enjoyed, having an audience, even when he wasn't maybe physically ready to go out and, and be in front of an audience, I think was, was tremendously interesting to him. You know, um, he, he liked performance. And so bringing an audience to him was, was a good thing, you know. Um, and, and seemed interesting that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think to, to circle that back around to, you know, so what do you do with power and practice in absence of most of the excuses that that were the reason for doing it? It it, it wasn't clear to me for, for a while that there was anything to do, you know? Um, but as we've been talking, I, I think it's... I think for whatever value the conversations had before, I think they still have value. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of have to see how that goes, you know? But what I was what I was thinking about is you and I were having a, a you know I, I see the notes about you know impact and, and we we did something we've never done before we actually have a couple of bullet points, um, <laughs> which is a little crazy. Uh, there are only three of them. And they're very <laughs> widely spaced. Um, but but even that's kind of freaking me out a little bit. But right. what I was going to say is we were having a, a piece of a conversation while 
while they were out getting ice cream. And I think that I think that conversation is our way into um, the discussion. So I, I think a version of that, um, if you don't mind me sort of pulling on the, the thread to start with. Hmm. Specifically the, the, the one about the, the part of it where we were talking about what flag may or may not have done intentionally to let us in on what the plans were. Right. Well, I'm sure Flag had uh, the best sense of where his health was at and had probably the, the most realistic um, scenario predicted. And, and I'm sure he did what he, whatever he could to, to prepare and to manage for whatever possible dire outcomes might have come up. So in, in doing that, I think he had a very, at least among, among us, he probably had the clearest definition um, put together as to what what PAC is, what PAC responsibility would be, um, how how the whole thing was ideally supposed to function. Now Flag is the consummate storyteller and this guy could just talk a scenario and flesh it out, you know, just on the drop as it, as he went along. So so he could really pull in in great detail, I would imagine, what you know, what he saw as what would be the ideal thing to happen. He didn't tell me anything about it, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, not, I'm getting the idea he didn't really tell you no. um, with, with any great detail what, what was to come down. And I'm sure if he had an opportunity to put it all on paper, he would have, and it would have been you know, really well, and see, clear. And see, and that's the thing that until we started talking an hour ago, or a half hour ago. I was, I was basking in the belief that he didn't feel the need to discuss any of it with us because he took it as a given that we understood what was what was supposed to happen. Right. But I think that's only partially right. I think by managing Harley's expectations, he left a note on what we were supposed to be doing. That's hot. Wow. You know, in, in the sense of like... <laughs> it's etched here, in your brain. Yeah, here's, <laughs> here, you know, live up to this. Right. Here, here's this set of expectations, and the best way I know to make sure that you're going to do that is to present you with something you can't not do it to. You know, so she expects X. My friends are going to come through, as opposed to talking it to death ahead of time. So I, I, I don't feel any less that he um, had faith that we were going to do what we had always talked about doing, but we hadn't discussed any of that. And I mean, there were a lot of conversations when we put the estate together in what-if scenario land, but we hadn't dusted any of those folders off in right. nine or 11 years. So as much as I love the idea that he just assumed the plan was still in effect, I'm starting to realize that, that he left behind a, a sort of message in a bottle combination <laughs> landmine that just goes, this is the way it's going to be because this is the way you have to be because in, in a sense, we're, 
we we were challenged to live up to the image of us he gave you yes you know um because you and i certainly didn't have a relationship you know um and and you didn't have a strong relationship with us as a group but in the wake of flags passing it was so clear that you were so at least projected such confidence that you know the pack was around you and that we were going to help and we were going to take care of you or we were going to be there for you 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 projected it like you do like you do but and i i have no reason to doubt that we were going to but it had never happened so and it wasn't like he double checked and i think he (laughs) didn't double check because to check would be to give us the opportunity to fail right but to just leave it behind so there you are and it's like oh right well and basically from minute one i proceeded with the right this is what i do be, and, and if I do what I do, they're going to do what they do. And the do. only reason for you to have that belief is because he created it, mm-hmm. right? The, the right. image you have of us at the time was the image he handed you. Absolutely. And as I no longer believe he did anything by chance, <laughs> I don't know that that image was entirely constructed out of reality or as a challenge. You know, I'm giving her the image of the best of you so now deal with that you know go and go and live up to it you know um, she's going to look at you as if you're reliable so be reliable you know well you know I had that whole deification problem and I was very clearly told that these are the other gods in your pantheon right so. and <laughs> And and that's some of that's a factor of your your personality, and, and he certainly knows that. But I don't know. I just I'm I'm now really taken with this idea, of true or false, that that it's you know there's another string in the plan right. that just know, goes. Right? It, you know. It's tempting to to run with that and say that was all there was to it, um, because it's just a fantastic picture of, of the puppet master once again. Well, and, with the and, strings. and you watch him do it. Yeah. You, know, you watch him in a room full of 12 or 13 people playing. I, I know you're not a, a big Dungeons & Dragons guy, or I don't remember. But for those for those in the audience who are, you know, Fly was a, a ran Dungeons & Dragons games or, or role-playing games for as long as I knew him. Right. So I would, and I didn't really play in the games. I was mostly observing because my, my play style and his DM and he was didn't really mesh. good at it. And you could see him playing the game on the level of the game, but he was also having a really good time manipulating his friends mm-hmm. through that, that thing. So when you watch this guy run the ping pong, the psychic, you know, the psychic pool table with 12 people for eight hours, suddenly now that I look back, it's like it's hard to imagine that it's, it was beyond him, you know, <laughs> to, to, to kind of go, you know, okay, this is, you know, this is how I want to play these people. That's um, true. That's true. By the way, the, the voice, the other voice that you were hearing a little while ago was is Harley, who's joined us and is uh, participating in this podcast now. And um, one of the things I wanted to say that, although on a on a very romanticized level, you know, I I love that picture of the flag doing that and and just putting it out there and leaving it up to a sort of 
demented leap of faith that we're just going to, you know, toe that line and, and live up to it or fail. Right. Um, I think another part of it is is that it's it has to be really difficult to confront your mortality on 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 such short notice, you know, and and deal with the inevitability um, and and have frank discussions with your closest friends about just that. And I don't really think, I, I don't remember ever participating in a conversation that personal, you know, even, even privately, you know, as to what, what's going to happen next, what are the possibilities, you know, planning stuff out. Um, so, you know, I, I've got to think that that part of it was it's it's something that we all were coming to terms with in our own fashion. It wasn't something that was outwardly discussed. There were no contingency plans made out in the open. Um, and yet, without all of that overt discussion and planning, we were still able to to rally around and do what needed to be done so that we can all go through the the loss and the transition of of the power structures so that everybody comes through intact. Well yeah, I mean in in the end the machine does what the machine does, right? And if it's a good machine. Well, and, and, you know, so when we would talk about... I can go back 14 years on mailing lists. And people would go, you know, what does ownership mean? What, is, what does this mean? What does that mean? And you go, well, this is what it means. And they go, well, that's all well and good that you say that, but you don't mean that, like, when... You know, what if somebody dies? What if somebody gets really sick? What if somebody loses their mind? What if whatever... And the response would be, no, I do mean, I, I mean that all the way through, all the way to the end. And people will get annoyed in those conversations and go, well, that's silly. You know, or I don't know why you're talking about it. Or, you know, you can't mean it that way. You can't mean it that deeply. And, but when you do, when you actually think it through and, and you've, you've, run off to the edge of the weird scenarios than what you're left with and then what you spend, you know, what we after we had all those discussions both among ourselves and and personally and then among ourselves and then with Sir C and then with the community as a whole you know, you have 13 or 14 years to get comfortable with the nuance of, of yeah, I do mean it, you know, I do mean that you know if something horrible happens, I'm going to expect this to happen, you know? Because it's, it's one thing to have a conversation with another dom and say, you know, when, when we're over, you know, you can slap my girl's ass. You know, we're buds, and that's the way that goes, you know? Right. It's, it's another thing to say, you know, in absence of direct contradiction from me, this guy's orders count. And and mean that all the way through, 
Right. But once you've done that, once you've sort of made the investment and taken the pain of, of setting that up, then when extreme situations come, you don't you don't have to rethink it all. You know exactly. what I mean? You just you just it goes. So every, so for anybody listening, anytime you're you're having a discussion with somebody and people are like, I don't know why you keep talking about the crazy edge cases. Talk about the crazy edge cases, like because if your logic doesn't hold up, you know if what you're talking about doesn't hold up in the weirdest circumstances you can imagine consistently, then you have to adjust it. I mean, I don't know any other way to to deal with the unexpected, you know. And I don't mean you have to rigorously have a plan for everything, but if if your framework is based on what you what you believe to be true, then you don't have to go outside it to handle. Thing. Right. Does that make sense? And some people do go out and, and rigorously plan every possible, you know, future scenario. Um, you know, whether it's with living wills or, or handing over authority to the to a chain of command, if if your power structure is set up that way. Um, you know, there's there's people. There's so many different examples of that in, in everyday life that people do with with wills, with insurance, and, and stuff like that. And um, it's it's important for people to set up that kind of sense of security for an unimaginable event that may or may not happen in the future. But I think when it comes down to it, you know, it. it a lot of the the preparation comes internally and if your structure is set up and like you say it, it's it can be tested out on that that weird fringe and, and to see if it runs or not and if it does if it still holds out then you know it's going to hold you know when when anything hits it I think you're right about the the plant thing. I mean, merci- well, mercifully, we none of us have huge commercial empires. Right. You know, we're not trying to deal with, you know, how do we get rid of the four extra houses we have in you know the Cayman Islands or whatever. So, you know, I I can totally see how, because you say you know like set up living wills and and or wills and and I can run from there to when I've heard people be like you know and you have to figure out who's going to get what and what's going to have. And I'm like, you know, I, I just don't own enough to have to set up a big legal structure to figure out what's going to happen to my empire when I, you know, if I pass on. But, you know, you you come across, you know, the medical, you know, the medical decision-making powers you got to make a decision about. And other than that, you know, there's there's the basic will stuff, you know. But I would be just as likely, like my plan for what would happen if I died is as likely to simply come in the form of a power of attorney to somebody as anything. Right. You know, because I'm not, I don't, I don't even, like, I could list everything I had a specific desire to, you know, you get X, you get Y, and, you know, like, that's a piece of notebook paper. And, you know, if anybody wants to pay my credit card bills, they're welcome to it. Exactly. But I can't right. imagine people are going to fight over it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's Precisely. <laughs> But, you know, then it, it's still good to know that if if the structure is sound, if, if there's, you know, either a hierarchical chain of command or if your power structure is, is 
spread out and branches out differently, like in a pack or yeah, in yeah. a leather family. Um, to have some kind of idea of how it would shift if a piece was no longer a part of that integrated picture. And that piece could be removed from that integrated picture in a number of ways. You know, someone could move away or, um, I don't know, find, well, no. hey, the most find common, a different path. The most common example of that is, is, is just relationship breakups. Right. I mean, now normally that in, in a structure that rarely involves the removal of, of a power piece out of a structure. You know, like, I, I don't see a lot of, well, I, you know, maybe that's not even true, but, but the power structures I'm cognizant of are usually the, the outliers are hanging off of a tree that's rooted in the alphas. Right. Right, so it's hard for me to imagine, you know, couple A breaking up and the, the dom pulling out of the structure and disappearing to, you know, Romania and and the the and having to deal with that removal, but still have to deal with you know the sub being in. But wow, I trees guess can walk well. like ants, you know. Sometimes sometimes it is the dumb that just moves cross country, and just yeah. goes somewhere else. And and there's you know as big as our community can be said to be, there's still a lot to be said for local communities and and the rules of the road of those local communities. So if a dom picks up roots and, and moves to either, you know, another side of the country or to another country, you know, they may set up a, a different structure once they get there, but, you know, they're leaving behind, either they're leaving behind a structure or leaving part of an existing structure or the whole, the structure that they had is dissolved and, right. and rebuilt again. Well, I'm thinking of, of when Cersei moved away, because right after I said I, I don't, alphas don't move often, yeah. I have an example of one. Right. But she didn't leave, she didn't leave a, a, a structured tail here right. for us to take care of. So she didn't cut herself out of the middle of a chain. Right. She took, she took all the nodes under her, you know, that, that, that were going with her. Um, and, and we stayed connected at the top level. Um, because we refuse to let her go. <laughs> yeah. She ain't getting away that easily. Pretty much. Um, I, I think that moving forward, we can expect more podcasts for power and practice. I, on, I, on I guess we haven't actually told anybody what... I mean, we've talked about the transition, but we haven't given anybody any queer idea of what the shape... Tr you know, what the tree transitioned to. Right? So... Okay, so Harley, um, you know, flags own property, right? I was inherited and like a used car. Yeah, and and Collar group inheritance is not very common. You know, it it would it would not it would be rare for a collared sub to be inherited by a close alpha friend, but but we know cases where it happens. Right. Um, but but you know, group inheritance is not overwhelmingly common but then again the idea of group ownership is not a common is not a common one either you know it would be one thing to go yeah obviously you know we're a leather family we're a group we we adopted you you know people use that term a lot but but that's not really maybe even the right 
term, you know. It's, Certainly not in my head. Yeah, you know, it's it's not, you know, there's there's definitely more authority there than than just yeah, we're you know we're buds, you know, we're there for you, you're part of the group, kind of a thing. Right. Um, and I think that goes back to what you guys were saying about thinking it through in your own heads and and deciding that this was what really was true for you, in the sense that from the bottom side coming into something like that you seriously have to make sure that you understand that that's what you're getting yourself into and be okay with that because right. if i didn't buy into it i wouldn't still be sitting here talking on your recorder well, and, and i think that goes to what we we're talking about about prep because you know that that instant buy-in to that is not always the way subs come into the group it, it but but I think it was also would be on Flag's mind that he didn't just necessarily want to go, well, it might take a year or two, but she'll come around to that. You know, because in his mind, maybe it was more than just a purely theoretical possibility from the beginning. Right. You know. And it was definitely made very clear from the beginning that if you want this, you have to also have A, B, C, and D. Right, right, right. Ah, proof. You see, my theory is getting <laughs> fleshed out here. That that from from Harley's appearance into the group, that she was um, being given expectations of, of how it all connects and exactly the totality of what it was that you were buying into. Oh. Well, and I, I think that that probably played a lot into. And again, we never discussed it, but but knowing what I know about the guy, I would imagine that that was one of the things that allowed Flag to take the action of taking you on his property, because he was more so than than certainly I've ever given credence to in my own head. He he had a, a stronger sense of the obligate of an obligation from an owner to property than I do. So. I don't necessarily know that given that he wasn't comfortable with his health, he would have felt comfortable taking property on if he didn't have a structure to leave it to, if he took it on. Does that make sense? It does. You and know, I don't think he would have wanted to leave somebody hanging. Right. Um, and I, I think he wrestled with that, personally, um, a great deal um, in, in a few different situations where you know while his health was starting to diminish somewhat he would reevaluate what what his influence was he would he would I think he was con constantly evaluating and reevaluating at any given point what Impact or, or or what depth his influence was at any given time, um, and certainly I I know that you and I helped him through at least a couple of personal crises where he was wondering if he still had it at all, um, and you know in my book he <laughs> he had it in, in spades. I mean he just needed. Well, I, to, I, to be reminded I wonder if what he had. and I also I wonder if some of that wasn't if the real question wasn't do I have it if the real question was is it fair to use it right if so so for him to for him to take you on 
and deliberately start getting you hooked again was you know was was a surprise for me that because somewhere along the line he decided that was fair again right because for a while he had been it really seemed like what he was doing was disconnecting the addictions mm. of the people around him right you know because he had decided it wasn't fair to to have them hooked and then when when they might have to go cold turkey you know it, what I mean? it does kind of suck and and it does so so the decision to to go ahead and do that and that that was was ethical in his head um, was somewhat of a surprise because he didn't call us up and go oh by the way I feel good about it now you know I'm gonna go out and do acts you know um, no, and he we've just talked put a boot to my throat. Well, but we've talked about it before, and and that he surprised you about it, I'm not shocked. You know, that's just his way. But that, and we've joked about it, you know, but that the first time we heard your name was, oh, by the way, on Sunday, I don't need, I don't need anybody to come over and help clean. You know, Harley's going to be here. I'm like, and, and you want to go, dude? Like, what? <laughs> you know, for a minute I thought it was somebody an agency was sending. <laughs> you know, because it was right, that, right. it was said that casually. And, and that, you know. Um, we discovered it, basically. It was like walking into your bathroom and seeing a tiger hangs <laughs> and tail into an antelope. And the tiger just looks at you and, and goes, yeah. Yeah. So I got it, all right? So yeah. leave me alone. Um, and yeah, and, and Harley, you were that antelope at that time. And it was great. Um, it was great that um, Flag was able to exercise all of his influence. Well, he probably didn't have to use all of it, but that he was able to... To, to feel okay with you. Feel okay that. with it, yeah, and, and apply it and... and do what he does best, and I'm 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 curious, and and will obviously forever remain curious, what the what what mental process took him back to the the idea that that's that that was okay, that 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 wasn't unfair. Unfair. Not using not that using influence was something he ever felt was unfair, but but to 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 deliberately go out and say, okay, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna take somebody on and. And, and deliberately work to getting a hook into them um, when you, you know, after you were collared and, and well, all he, the rest of it. It just, you know, to go, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get this girl hooked. <laughs> and then- Watch her keep jumping off the cliff. Right, and, and, but who knows how long that's gonna go. That's, that must be a tough thing to get okay with. You know, I think he spoke about it briefly a couple of times, um, going back to that tiger and antelope analogy. It wasn't that Harley was any random antelope passing by that he was able to sink his fangs into. Um, I think Harley had to prove herself to him and that he saw, um, you know, worthiness or potential, which is well, the word that I like to use, but... And resilience, and, and, and right? Res I mean, at some point he had to assure himself that you were going to be able to, to survive a worst-case scenario, or he wouldn't have done it. Right. You know, it, you know he Which totally assessed the whole situation and, and, you know, 
or he was winging it, and we just think he's the coolest thing ever. But (laughs) (laughs) But I'm okay with that. You know, (laughs) know, it it could be. You know, he just got confused and snapped your neck. I I think another side of the question that that we hadn't really considered. I mean, we we considered the continuity of structure. We considered the uh, support aspect of PAC, but we never really considered Harley's decision to to stay on with you know the affiliation to the PAC and and what her continued presence here means. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we talked we touched upon it briefly that, you know, you made a decision at a certain point not to split off and, and go your own way that you remain part of the pack and by pack by remaining part of the pack means that that is a position that you continually earn that it's not just something that is you know awarded with a lifespan guarantee um, so your presence here is evidence of continued desire and effort to stay among us. Is there anything you want to talk about regarding that? Um, I actually have a question if you want if you want a feeder to start with. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's clear that you know we have a certain obligation both structurally and and to flag. Like we all are aware of that, right? So but we could we could as a group have have met it minimally, you know. You could have, you could have been like, you know, look, I, I need you guys as a support system for a little while, but then I'm, I'm going off and doing my own thing, and that would have been okay, you know. And for our part, we could have, we could have supported you, but transitioned you out, you know, like as as quickly as possible, like not in a bad, but you know, we could, we could all have been working towards breaking out, you know, but. We it turns out we're we're not like at least I don't really know that that's a group goal right like I'm I'm really happy having you around so you know what what it ultimately all works out to be who knows but I'm not going you know okay let's let's wean Harley off let's let's start thinking about you know how we tail this out right but when you made the decision to not go minimal in your involvement with us. I'm curious as to at that point if you had, were you still working on the the image of us that that Flag had given you, or did you know enough about us from your own experience to to be able to start making decisions about the people? Just, am, am I making yes. sense? Yes, and both because the initial decision was made for me before the collar went on, or rather, I made the initial decision. Um, which basically was, if you're taking this collar, you're also agreeing to the joint, not necessarily ownership, but joint authority of these people. Um, and so I guess that having accepted that already, it was just... <laughs> Sorry, she's got another. Yep, it was just working. ingrained in my head that that's that's the way things continue, and it was actually at some point expressed that 
not with very clear instruction. Again, it was a pretty general, but it was, so you know if anything happens, that that's what you're stuck with. And it was a joking, haha, you're stuck with them. But at the same time, it was very much a, right, so I know exactly what I'm doing if anything happens. Right. Um, but by the time anything happened, I had been around you guys enough I had had you over to the house repeatedly for dinners and just hanging out and fetching sodas um, and interacting online, things like that. So from the time that I made the initial, of course, that's what I'm going to do to where we are now, it was a combination of the two. It was one, that's what I agreed to and I meant it, and two having developed a better sense of so what I'm working with. So you weren't totally in a vacuum. No. Oh. I, I'm, I'm a lemming, but I'm not stupid. Um. No, it's not It's not that I... I just... I don't know... Honestly, looking back, I don't have... Because my time sense is so useless, I really don't have a good idea of how much interaction we may have had that wasn't in a hospital room. But between, you know, then and... And, and his passing. More than so you realize. Yeah, I guess, but I don't, so I don't, in, in a very real way, like most other people in my life, I, I don't really remember you not being there, and I don't necessarily remember, I don't have a good gauge on, on how much interaction we may have had in any time span, you know, which is why the question, you know, it's just, um, plus, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what counts in your mind as knowing people. You know, like how much interaction you have to have with them before you start forming an opinion you rely on, you know, especially for an important uh, decision. So In this case, a lot of that was sort of given to me in the sense that... So you're just verifying that... Basically, yes. It was, this is what I'm entering into, and because I think enough of Flag's opinion on the matter, if he says that these are people I should jump off a cliff if they tell me to, well, then that's all I need to know. Yeah. Um, and yes, I, I would like to confirm that at some point through my own empirical evidence, but that was good enough at the time. Right. I just want to mention for the people listening to this podcast, um, just in way of giving a little bit of background, I've known Harley for a number of years before Harley showed up on the scene with the pack, before she showed up in, in Flag's service. So... There's, there's at least a little bit of, of familiarity of, and, and relatively minor interaction throughout this area's scene. And also, um, Harley has a pretty wide, widespread connection with, um, within the scene that, that goes beyond New York and, and, and has affiliations with you know other other groups and she knows a lot of people so it's not like she didn't have options that she didn't have people that knew her and care for her as well that you know could have also been a support group it wasn't like she was just cast adrift and and had you know just a vacuum to to float around in right harley's pretty well connected with with a lot of people and a lot of good people and uh, a lot of people who've been around for a while. So, you know, by her choosing to stay with, with this you know, misfit band of pack animals is, 
you know, a conscious decision to to choose us over quite a number of different options that may have been available to her at the time. Yeah, and and that were that were valid, you know, and and it wouldn't have involved, you know, turning your back on on what you agreed to, you know, but but we could have been a week after that, and you could have been like, okay, um, you know, whatever this is, you know, here's my release notice, and you know. Let's get that going, and we'll get out of here. Not that you would have, but you know what I mean. It's well. It's, it was interesting. You option. talked about the idea of it of it. People sort of scoffing at, well, you can't possibly mean that if this happens, right? And I think I'm sort of getting some of that. It's like, but wait, so he's gone now, and and you're still here doing this thing, and why? Because that was the agreement. That was what I basically bought into at the beginning I said I would do X and I meant it well but you don't have to mean it now well yes I, I do I guess I guess what I'm saying is is you the choices aren't just do this or you didn't mean it that you know especially flag again of certainly more than me and and we've never talked about it David and I but flag was a firm believer in you know release requests you know he's he wasn't a you're stuck forever, guy. So, and and because people ask us this stuff about extreme circumstances, so you you didn't have to choose between breaking your word or dealing with us in an authority position for the rest of your life. There's you have that, and and you had an option to go. You know, okay, that's great, but since Flag wasn't a believer in non-rescindable ownership you could have just and and you could just go okay well whatever it was i was going to have to do to get out of that collar i i can obviously ask the same thing of of the group well and much like any individual one-on-one relationship there's any number of things that could come up that would make that necessary or desirable um but also much like any one-on-one relationship you don't really it's not your first thought. It's not your first thought, and it's not, oh, well, I can see the day that that's going to happen, so let me plan for it now. Instead, you have that sort of rosy, picture-perfect view of, okay, since that's not going to happen, let's talk about what is happening. Right. And in that sort of sense, I have this this basic understanding buried deep in my subconscious, which I'm sure is his fault, <laughs> that until I refuse an order or let you guys down badly enough, right. that this is just where I am. And yeah. I'm not saying that, like, oh, well, I'm stuck with it. I'm happy about it. Well, and, and that's, and, and I think that's the thing. It's, there's, the happy about it thing was not inevitable. You know, it wasn't inevitable from your side. It, it wasn't inevitable from our side. You know, I, 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 because I effectively don't see people, you know, you have a wide scene connection of which I know nothing. Um, and, and and we had now, as we've established in this podcast, we had a certain amount of interactions of which I paid very little attention. Um, you just knew that the soda was there. Well, and, no, but you know what? I was never I was never looking at you as somebody I was going to own, even in a group way. I mean, it's a possibility, but it's I'm not evaluating it because in addition to that, my evaluation is not relevant. Right? Flag took you in and. So you're grandfathered in, and, and that is the way it is, you know. But um, after 
you know, when it when when we're thrown in together, then you know, I have to take it. I had to take a second look at it and go, what are we going to do with her? You know, what's what what's the deal? You know, are we are we you know are we are we hitting minimum obligations or are we you know are we finding out if there's there's a relationship? You know what I mean? Um, and I knew about you less than you knew about me. And the only thing I, I have going for it, you know, the only the only thing that, that was really there at the beginning was kind of what you said, you know, well, flag things, <laughs> you know, that that she's worth knowing. So I got to give that some time and go, okay, you know, I got to trust in the flag, you know. That so it all boils down to that all of this has come out of Flag's head that you didn't have an idea of what the next move is. I certainly didn't. She did no, because he told her. But we're all taking on faith. <laughs> At some yes. point, we're all this. We come to a decision point where whether we're going to see. Oh, absolutely. We're going to see what's if there's something there, or whether we're going to go with the idea that okay, that was great, but we're going to sort of disperse now. Right. And and all of that hinges around. Well, he thinks this is a good idea. This is just one more yeah. piece of evidence that the man is God. Well, and and but it's got it's also it's an extended structural concept because you know it was pretty clear from when we were doing you know setting up the interlocking authority structures. Mm -hmm. um, it makes perfect sense that if it only takes one of us to give an order to anyone's property, then. It wasn't a given, but briefly discussed that it didn't take a group vote to bring somebody into that circumstance. I didn't need Flag's permission to collar someone, even though my collaring someone affected right. and and laid a certain amount of obligation on the other people in that that on, structure. On all the other people, you know that that you can unilaterally make those decisions. Right. So. You know, he never had to, to go, you know, hey, by the way, you know, because that, I mean, even to speak of it out loud makes my brain hurt to go, you know, he didn't have to check with us before he collared anyone. Right. Like there's the no sentence is so ridiculous no to start with. Right. But then when you're like, except, except taking somebody on means X for X and Y for the rest of us, it's not as silly as you think to think that something like that might have been. And, and that speaks a lot about, or, or speaks a lot to how, how high in esteem you, me, and Flag hold each other because we're, we're relying on each other to make decent choices, good choices, to not at least not crazy choices, because if it, if there was a track record of just you know craziness, I might I might want a little bit of discussion as to well, okay, you can do this, but right, you know when when this yeah she's that's fine she wants to you know you're gonna you're gonna put room, your collar on her that's I'll bring great flowers but that's yeah. it you're gonna put your collar on her that's great but that's that's outside of it. but yeah. now you say you me and flag but now let's extend that out to to sir who right distance aside. You know, I can at least keep an eye on how crazy you and Flag are getting. Right. <laughs> right? It is completely conceivable for Sir C to, you know, 
call me up after a couple months and go, you know, I cowered, you know, I cowered X, Y, and Z, and just so you know, you know, they're going to be in New York, and, you know, I, I'll expect them to look you up, and I'll expect you. So, like, like Flag and you and I, from the other perspective, we can only get so far afield, you know. But all of this interlocking stuff, it, it you know, there's Cersei, and for all she knows, we've lost our goddamn minds. Right. And the other way around, and yet that still, it still applies, right? It's all well, still so there. so far, none of us have received a call in the middle of the night asking if we have any extra battery acid lying around. So. That's right. So I think we're... we're I need a shovel, an old bathtub, <laughs> and two Ziploc bags. We've been doing okay so far. That's because she has everything she needs. That's yeah, true. She does sure. have the, the resources of a well-equipped medical establishment at her disposal. Absolutely. And to, but, which is good, because to be fair, we were more likely to receive that call than make it. <laughs> She's right. far and away the craziest of us. And I say that with love. Love, well, respect, and experience. <laughs> well, and and you know that's we'll 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 acknowledge for a moment that you know the that that's an interesting hangnail to this, right? Is that um, you know there's there's another part of this little shared authority thing, and Harley's had a, a fair amount of time now spending time with us to get comfortable with us. And right? I'm. But has never going to get comfortable has, with her. Has had not nearly the opportunity. So there's still an unknown, um, you know, level of comfort to be. Well, no. Oh no, I no, know the level of comfort. Nobody really gets comfortable with with Cersei. You know, I still watch my back, but um, I'm not at all convinced she's not going to decide I'm sub. Some point. <laughs> not that I, not that I believe I rise to her standards, but I just I could totally. <laughs> well, I sleep well under her roof, but I don't think Lexi got any sleep that whole weekend. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I guess you will have your opportunity, your chance to see the full extent of what you have signed on to, Harley. And this is probably a good thing. I, I have to also consider that. Um, and I, here I am answering my own question that I posed to Harley that part of the reason why um, she continues to stick around as long as she has and and to continually earn her place in the pack is because she has found people who are as dark and twisted as she needs them to be for her own little dark and twisted recesses of it. This and is, you mean it. This is just, you know, something that on some level feeds her, you know, so it's important to her, I'm assuming here, that um, that she maintain her affiliation with the pack. With this pack. Yeah. Because it's certainly not access to the yacht. You know, <laughs> that is a nice perk. <laughs> well, we do have a hot tub, but you don't want to go anywhere near her house. So. You say hot tub, I say stew pot. It's, it's all the same. The cauldron. <laughs> cauldron. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> huh. 
Yes, we're the nice ones. Mm, I'm not cutting that piece out. We did send down a lock of your hair. She didn't explain why she wanted <laughs> For the record, I am indicating that Harley is making a face and burying her head. That's right. Door. The narrator. Do it. It'd be like listening to a football game. Oh, she's on the ground holding her head. <laughs> That's going to smart. <laughs> And this very conversation is a prime example of why I'm still here. Fuck you all. That's because you're crazy. I am. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's a fun kind of crazy. Um, and someone's got to keep you in line. And it and it turns out and it turns out it's not just a chore. It's fun, and that's a good thing. <laughs> Torturing you is really quite amusing. That's where it's at. Yeah, it really is. I find it. I find it quite. I find it quite useful. As a technicality, yeah, um, and and probably the last bullet point that I put down, but it doesn't have to be the last that we speak about at this podcast. Um, people may be interested in in knowing the how we handled the estate collar that was put on Harley, mm. and and what our method is in, in dealing with that, how that was handled. So do you wanna do you wanna hook us up with, with your understanding of that circumstance? Oh Jesus. <laughs> no pressure. Um Okay, so if you're wrong it's off to the hot tub. Oh Jesus. Cauldron. <laughs> Cauldron. Sorry, my bad. I also like to say <laughs> for the record that I can't breathe now. Um <laughs> And not in a good way. (laughs) So basically, the way that that worked from my end was um, within a couple of days of Flag's death, the estate collar came out. It got put on a little shelf where I knew that at some opportunity, when I had Ken, David, and Cersei all together, that I needed to give that back because that was not Sir's collar, that was the estate property. And so I had to return it to the alpha members of the estate, um, which happened, what, probably a month later when we all got together. And um, it was very much a, here's what this is. It obviously does not belong with me. What would the three of you like me to do with it? And at that time, um, one of them, I believe it was you, Ken, took it and, and held on to it. Um, until such time as I assume somewhere behind the curtain in, in Oz it was discussed. And um, it was returned into my keeping, basically, which now sits very visible where I can see it every day and to me it serves as a reminder of the fact that I do have to keep earning this every day and that the minute I fall short of expectations that goes away and not necessarily that the the relationships that have developed go away but right. there is a big difference between that and you get to hold on to this collar because you're still earning your place with us yeah, I think that covers it nice mm-hmm no hot tub for you. Yes! <laughs> I've never been so happy oh, to not go in a hot tub. <laughs> and that, that just harkens 
to to the core principle of you know you don't have to love the person that you call her or you don't have to call her the person that you love um, yeah I don't think there's any question in, in, in any of this I mean and I don't mean to speak cavalierly of you know Harley could have decided to you know ask to be released from that interlocking set of I don't think any of that implies has anything to do with whether or not you know you would have you would have us as friends in a support system in the New York area and, and you know it's it doesn't have anything to do with that, right? It's it's a whole other, right? It's a whole was, other kettle of fish. She was returning the collar because the collar is a symbol, and it it wasn't her saying, you know, well, I'm not your friends anymore, or you know, my feelings have changed. It was that the term that the collar covered had changed and until it was redefined or she was allowed to keep it for whatever reasons that we right. permitted that the collar was not her property to keep. So she did the right thing in returning it back to the estate principles. Yeah. Well and that was not at any point a great, you have this back now, um, but that was not at any point me saying, great, well, you have it back now, so I don't have any obligation here anymore. No, it didn't, and it didn't come across that way at all. Right. Yeah. It was just very much a, well, I'm going to continue doing exactly what I'm doing, but right. this belongs with you guys. Right. Well, I think that's that's kind of a natural, I think we're, we're, we're kind of exhausted where we want to go with this particular episode. I agree. Um, we have on, we'll do a little housekeeping. We'll do, oh, for the record. Um, since people have asked and, and will ask about financial arrangements when you know an, an owner passes on, um, but you have a job, right? You you're right. I, I so, am the only one. So we we with don't we don't in fact have a definitive answer for all you people about what happens when the you know poor destitute sub who hasn't held the job in 15 years has no marketable skills and whatever is suddenly left penniless. Um, we don't have an answer for you. Give us some time. Um, and we'll we'll work on making somebody helpless, and then see what happens. You know, <laughs> we have a candidate. So, um, but yeah. So I just wanted to to, to mention that because that question comes up a lot. You know, mm-hmm. how do you how do you take care of for somebody, or or what do you do with um, a submissive who's maybe not capable of of going out into the work world and whatever, and and we don't we haven't we didn't have an opportunity to address that. And, I'm not going to go out of my way to kill another one of my friends just to have an answer. So screw you, people. <laughs> um, yeah. In the can and that we're editing, um, one of the things we're going to try and do with Power Practice is um, hit a a more specific release schedule. We're not exactly sure what that release schedule is yet, um, but um, you know, David, David, and I were talking about it, and we're we're going to try and sort of be able to give you guys something you can rely on as as far as frequency. But in the can and in the process of editing, we have a class that Tetsumi and I did, or a discussion Tetsumi and I did at Tess about um, relationship evolution, which touched on on some stuff we kind of touched on here. So that's being edited so that we make sure we don't, uh, we promise not to get anybody else in the discussion um, but us. Um, and so we're working on that edit, but that's probably the next thing that'll go up after this episode 
and then we'll probably be then we'll be back with a discussion of some type. So keep checking in power and practice and look for more releases to come this year on a more regular basis and it's really good to be back in in production again and Soul Hunter and Kimmy and Harley thank you for for coming out getting together and pulling us all together say goodbye Harley goodbye Harley <laughs> say goodbye Kimmy goodbye Kimmy there you go <laughs> this is Daddy David saying goodbye alright and so under get lost <laughs> You've been listening to Power in Practice. Join us for more episodes at www.powerinpracti.com.